This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Are we ready? I guess TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. So now I think their argument is, oh, now we've given him the things he needs to do it. And... I don't know that that's wrong. I mean, I, I don't think that's, that's wrong that they have improved the offensive line. It's just, did they improve it enough? Is this system, which is similar to what he had in Washington, going to get him over the top, or are you going to pretty much get more of the same of Kirk Cousins? That was Matthew Collar from Purple Daily earlier today on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. We're hanging out at the Brew Hall. Allianz Field, Mackie and Judd with Rami. The Brew Hall is open for business, and Judd just beat Engineer Paul, it looks like, in a rousing game of foosball here. What does it say? Are you out of breath playing foosball? All you have to use is your wrists. Because I celebrated. You should be used to that. (laughs) (laughs) I celebrated my victory. This is what happens when you get, don't get old, kids. I'm actually out of breath after playing foosball. (laughs) Is this real thing? Genuinely out of breath? Yes. Yeah, I ran around around celebrating as the show is about to start. He ran around a table. I was. I had my arms extended in the air. I oh, was. I forgot the arms were extended. My bad. The, the, oh. the, the foosball table is seven feet away from here? not even from Six where feet? he's sitting. Four yeah. feet. Top. Hey, four feet? yeah. Hey, go ahead and you criticize. I'm still out of breath with your arms in the air and set. <laughs> no, no, I didn't walk. I ran towards the table. Anyway, was it uphill? Like what? what, what? And there's great foosball t- tables. A, I, foo- a good game of foosball is outstanding. They're, they, they're cool foosball tables because they're like little. They're like little models of Allianz yes. Field in a way. The yeah. way that they're designed, I like it. And the ball really travels. It does. It caromed it, big it time. Really? Yeah. yeah. Carry. I I spun my player for a really good shot. Yeah. It hit Paul's player and, sh- oh, and the I ball saw that. and yeah. the ball shot out of the foosball table and and. Went Almost to the, bar. to the bar, yeah. It went to the bar. Really? Rolled to the bar. Impressive. That's the strategy. I think there's a gravitational pull that just happens and like, oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll take a Heineken. It was really <laughs> cool. So, all right, uh, crumple up the first segment here. We'll get to best and worst case Viking scenarios. Okay. But we need to react to a tweet from one of Rami's old coworkers from the fan in Milwaukee. And I have, I have questions. Usually we get to explain to you, here's how things in Minnesota yeah, work. Yeah, I want you to read this Twitter interaction. And then we need to ask you about how things in Green Bay land work. Okay? One of my favorite people in the whole wide world, Bart Winkler. And he's a, Fr- fun, he's a friend of the show now. He's a fun follow on Twitter. No matter who you're rooting for, he's at Winkstinks. The Score North Twitter account today tweeted out Matthew Collar's column, the Minnesota Vikings and the hunt to recapture 2017's magic. And my buddy Bart quote tweeted that and said, uh, taking Aaron Rodgers out with a late hit is an interesting way to define magic. Okay. Is that what the majority of Packers fans think? Um, that, that, that it was a it was a calculated cheap shot by Anthony Barr to derail Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I would say it was when I was there. It was a, about sixty forty. 
that it was a dirty hit. So 60% said dirty 60% hit. 60% saying dirty hit. That's yeah. way more measured than I would have thought, and actually. And the 40%, the 40% saying just an unfortunate, an unfortunate circumstance. But hold on a second. Okay, so that's 17. Don't they now understand by the events of 2018 that this went way deeper than that and was the quarterback and coach didn't get along and that things fell apart? But the Packers, like, if like I remember if they had correctly. Great, if they had great year, like 15 and 16 great years, 17 he gets hurt, bad year, 18 they come back, playoff team. Were they rolling in 2017 when Rodgers went down? I think they were on a good little roll then, weren't they? When he, it, was, it was a good little rollout. <laughs> no, it was a bad rollout. Should have protected himself. But like, don't they get? Don't don't Packer fans now understand that the events of 2018 were that this basically had just unfortunately for them, I guess, run its course. I don't think at that point that they had realized that, and I still think that they believe that. Well, first of all, regardless of what would have happened afterwards. You don't like to see a dirty hit, if you perceive it as a dirty hit, against one of your players, especially yeah. the star quarterback. Okay, I love this guy. We haven't really, uh, we haven't peeled this layer back. and we, we did this throughout the rest of the 2017 season, and then it was just kind of gone. So I, I love that Bart, who's one of the prominent on-air hosts in <laughs> Milwaukee and in Wisconsin, morning show guy, I love that this still cuts deep because he represents, <laughs> he represents fans. Is it fair to say that Bart Winkler represents the, Bart the is common one of the fan, right? best representatives of a, yeah. a Wisconsin sports fan, yes. I love how it cuts deep, and so I hope there are some Packer fans listening right now. And the reason why we're asking Rami, if you're new to the show, Rami worked 12 years in Milwaukee and talked about the Packers on a daily basis, even though you're really a Bears guy going yes. back in your, uh, in, into your youth. But but here's what happened on that play, okay? Let's, let's go back to that play for a second. Aaron Rodgers rolling out to his right, surveying the entire field and landscape in front of him. Anthony Barr was running straight at him for probably 25 yards, right? It wasn't like a blindsided hit. It wasn't like Rodgers didn't see Anthony Barr coming. It was right in the middle of the field. It was right in front of his face. He chose to roll the dice and wait as long as possible to throw that ball, thinking, I'm Aaron Rodgers. There's no way anyone's going to risk driving me into the ground and getting a 15-yard penalty because if anyone breathes on me, if anyone dare crosses within 16 yards of me, it's a flag. Those it, who, was an, it was Aaron Rodgers' fault that he broke his collarbone on that play. Those who thought that it was a dirty hit didn't think that it that They thought that he had time to pull up after Rodgers threw the ball. They saw what you saw. He was running. They saw each other. It's not like he, he surprised him or came out of nowhere. It wasn't a blindside hit. Just that from the time Rodgers threw the ball to the time Anthony Barr hit him, some thought that he had time to pull up or veer off so that the hit wasn't as bad. And let's be real. If that hit happens in 2019, that's a penalty. Because he because did. Because of that hit. He, exactly. That's why that, it's a penalty. That is the Aaron Rodgers rule. Because he did land on him with all his body weight. But. Even after that was made a rule, that's something that I've said is unfair to ask a football player to do, to, to be aware of where your body weight is, where it lands, how it lands, how much of it lands on the guy under you. These are freakish athletes in, in terms of their size and their speed, and you're asking them to make split-second decisions about whether or not they're going to hit a guy, how they're going to hit that guy, who, by the way, is also moving at freakishly fast speeds and is probably a freakishly large and athletic human being. You want him to make split fraction of a second decisions on how I'm going to hit you and land on you? That's a completely unrealistic expectation. Are you guys, you guys ever, you're in your car and you're trying to decide, like you're trying to turn left. 
and there's a bunch of cars coming from the other direction. And and let's say instead of being on like a 30 mile an hour, uh, you know, like an like an inner city area because it's the NFL, you're out in the country, and cars are going 70 miles an hour on a country back road, and you're trying to turn left and you're waiting for cars to come by you. If you try to cut it close, you say, oh, "I can, I see a gap up there. There's like a four car length gap. I'm going to turn left and and." Not have to wait for all these. If you get T-boned, guess whose fault that is? That's your fault. If you're a quarterback and you're rolling out to the right, and a defender who weighs 250 pounds with no body fat, a machine is running at you, and you, I, oh, I can just wait like an extra couple of yards, and that receiver is going to get open. The responsibility of what happens after that is 100 percent on you. But that Bart. that that year that era <laughs> of Packer football, the house was burning down, and you're bl- blaming another outside factor that had nothing to do with. Do you really think that McCar- McCarthy and Rodgers hated each other's guts? That they were not going to be successful. It didn't work last year. So, listen. I get the fact that that hit um, caused a new rule to be passed. I get the fact that that hit could even be considered questionable. But if Packer fans really ever believe that two, that that the Viking success in that year was born of the fact that they hurt Rodgers, that's a small factor. The whole thing was burning to the ground. It was over. They should have fired McCarthy before that. That's what would have right. helped them. So, so the ineptitude of... Well, eventually, Ted Thompson's drafts, the ineptitude of the 68 million people that own that damn team not to fire the head coach, those were your problems. Yeah, I love this, man. This is day one by of Vikings way, training camp. <laughs> we have Packers, Vikings, by, trash talk. By the way, <laughs> yes. I, have, I have breaking Vikings practice oh? news. Oh. Matthew Collar is checking in. Right now. Big red ball made he's his sending, first appearance. He's sending Wait, me is, notes. Does this rise to the level of breaking news sounder or Rami News Network well, you, sounder? You guys, I'll, I'll tease this. You tell me what Declan should play. Okay. It's, it's news from practice of the kicking situation. Oh, that's breaking news sounder, right? Anything kicker involved in the state of Minnesota, that's breaking news sounder. Sure, it'd be sorry. cool if I knew where the breaking news sounder was. Oh, <laughs> Phil can M- tell you. MJR drops page. It's in red somewhere, like on the right half of the screen. So the way we have, what, did Dan Bailey break his leg or something? I'm gonna wait. For He's the, gonna wait for the. the you gotta wait for the. Right? There we go. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Dateline: Egan Min. Dan Bailey has missed a kick already. Oh, come on. And Mike Zimmer was standing right next to him in the last-minute drill. Oh, no. And now they're running. The team is now running, I would guess, because because Dan Bailey missed the kick. So nothing has changed when it comes to the kicking situation for the Minnesota Vikings. Day one of camp, and Mike Zimmer is already standing right next to the kicker, breathing down his neck. That's totally unnecessary. Did we not say that's a bad idea? Dan Bailey's been in the league. Is is there a coach who... Who is worse at dealing with kickers in the history yes. of the NFL? Maybe yeah. Matt Nagy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Rami's guy, Matt we'll Nagy. Say it's fair. That's Small fair sample point. size so far, but maybe Matt Nagy. <laughs> they did not embrace the Augusta silence in Egan. It's clear. Dan Bailey has missed already. So are they, uh, do we have any information about the environment? So they've already done a one-minute drill, and they're rushing out the kicking team. Yep. I need, you know what, Here, the more I think about it, I don't know if we need Mike Zimmer like breathing down a guy's neck, <laughs> but... Let's create the most adverse situations we possibly can for the Vikings kicking team to make sure that nothing that happens in the regular season or playoffs is more shocking than like getting a bucket of ice water dropped down your neck as the ball's coming out for the snap. P.J. Fleck was doing some of this for the Gophers when he first came on board, where 
he was doing it with the holder. So the ball would be snapped, and P.J. Fleck would come up and, like, blow an air horn in the holder's... Not right in his ear, but like nearby. Now he's deaf. <laughs> now, he can't, a, now he can't hear any distractions. There's a lawsuit pending, but carry on. I think we need to create adverse situations every single day in training camp to make it. It's, it's like a bat weight in the on-deck circle. When I go up to face that pitcher, sure. I'm using a light bat now, right? Yeah. When I went to Lambeau Field, and it's a minute to go in the fourth quarter, I've already had like someone slap me in the back of the head with a paddle oar or something because... Training camp was hell. Are you suggesting violence against the uh, kicker, maybe? Anything to get that prepared? makes it easier to Knee concentrate. Him, perhaps? <laughs> what if you just had the most ridiculous things going on while the kicker was trying to kick? Like people in like mascot costumes, yeah. like running back and forth. I'd volunteer to do it. I'm a Bears fan, but I'll help if they want me to. Just go and do the most ridiculous things under in the field goal. Them? Yeah, right in front like, of them. Ballroom dancing or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Playing. Oh, God. Maybe streaking, like... a little streaking. Yeah. I was going to suggest Stre- I like that one. Definitely streaking. By the way, you, mentioned, streaking. you mentioned a weighted bat. Have you guys seen, sorry, side note, I get distracted easily. <laughs> no kidding. Josh Bell, t- he takes batting practice before the game with a weighted bat. He no. takes live pitching Are you serious? with a weighted bat. It's ridiculous. It's genius. It's ridiculous. And now he's got like 30 home runs. Something like His that. His second half, yeah, though, it's genius. not so good so far. Still genius. He's sorry, dropped out of track. So with a weighted bat? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's amazing. Is it, is it fair to say, I'm looking at NFC North here. Uh, the last time we had a repeat winner of the NFC North was 2013-14. The Packers won back-to-back as the Vikings were in the midst of hiring Mike Zimmer. Is, it, is, it, is this the first time in the last 10 years at least that all three of the Packers, Vikings, and Bears who have won the division, Bears, Vikings, Packers, the last three years, that all three teams are going into this season 100% confident that this is their division. I mean, we've got to go back. I mean, Rami can answer the Bears' question on that. Absolutely. I didn't, even I after say. they got Cleo Mack last year, I didn't think the Bears were a, a contender for the division. I thought, I thought they went from being a five- or a six-win football team to being like a maybe nine-win football team who was battling for a playoff spot. I didn't see 12 wins and, and a division championship. So, And obviously before that, it was a long time before I had any playoff or division hope. So, yeah. yeah, no, this is the first time I can remember in a long time coming into a season with legitimate division hopes. And the Packers, I, I'm done there because for how long did, did we keep saying, well, with that quarterback, this team, is, it, this team should have a good chance to win the division, and then they disappointed. So, yeah, I, would, I don't think that they're, this division – has been this difficult to predict. Now, often those predictions were wrong, ultimately, but just as far as when you sat there in July, I don't think this division has been this hard to pick in years. Yeah. Absolutely years. And, and now, here's the weird thing. I hate to say this because I think they're a dumpster fire and I can't stand Patricia, but the Lions, they're, they're supposedly just agreed to a deal with Mike Daniels now. They've already got snacks. Like, defensively? The Lions could be damn good. Yeah, the li- the Lions. I wouldn't put them on the same level as the other three yet. Oh, but I agree with change. that. But, I agree with but that. But they're definitely not like a four and twelve pushover team. They could just stop on paper. They are the Lions, right? But they could stop teams from scoring enough that they could luck their way into some wins because the offense could be. I don't think that they yeah. will. But my point being is, when's the last time that you sat down and said to yourself, "I have no idea." I think the Packers have the best quarterback. I think the Bears have the best defense, and I think the Vikings have the best roster. And, and it, now it just depends on if you start to parse apart the other things. Okay, can the Packers 
put their defense together and get Aaron Rodgers on the same page with coach, system, players, right? Can the Vikings get Kirk Cousins to to beat some better teams on the schedule and win in primetime? And can the Bears, if Mitchell Trubisky becomes a top 10 quarterback, good night it's division. Over. Right. That's good night division. That's a wrap. But if Mitchell Trubisky, which, which I tend to think he's closer to this, is the second coming of Christian Ponder and he's just propped up by a good defense and a good roster, then then it's... Then the Bears are fighting to get to 9-7. And Khalil Mack breaks his leg, maybe? Hey, come on, man. <laughs> maybe. Here's what I would say. I would say that, that if I'm the Vikings, the key thing Finally is... I have a football team to cheer for, and he's talking about Khalil Mack breaking he's his leg. Go I'm Nancy, sorry about Nancy that. Nancy Kerrigan. I'm so week over. three, Vikings at Green Bay, correct? Uh, yes. Okay, so here's the key to me, to the whole year. You tell Barr, what you did in 17, I need you to do again. You're going to be penalized. It's going to be 15 yards, but we'll take it. But when... Aaron Rodgers rolls out to pass. I need you to, ch- to chase him down and to land on him with all your weight and make sure <laughs> that you break his collarbone again. Because then you eliminate the Packers. That would be magical. And then if Mac breaks his leg, he's done. So that's how you get the division. See where I'm going with this? I do see where you're going see with this. I, it's very simple. I personally, when I look at this division, because Aaron Rodgers is, is this good a quarterback, if, if Matt LaFleur is just a competent head coach... <laughs> Competent. He doesn't even have to be a great head coach. If he's a competent head coach, they're the favorites to win the division. That's that's how much I respect Aaron Rodgers when sure. when right. he's clicking on all cylinders. Why don't we Why don't we come back and go over specifically the best and worst case scenarios for the Vikings in 2019? All right. Like, what is? Should we start with the worst and those often come true? Exercise some of those demons. Yeah, uh, I actually had. Uh, so uh, Sarah Spain does her ESPN radio show late afternoons yeah. on the on the network, and her producer reached out and said, "Hey, we're we're talking to people from all 32 cities. Would love to get just like a minute or two your best and worst case scenario on the Minnesota Vikings." And I cut one version of it, which was mostly just talking about, like I'll give like the best case scenario is probably blank, and I'll get into it when we come back here. The worst case scenario is a fiery car crash with a kicker missing left, and like he but he emailed me, <laughs> he emailed me back and he was like. Can you like do that again without all the like fiery car crash? Stuff? <laughs> this is the Vikings. All you were doing was being real. <laughs> it's Mackie and Jeff with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app, and we're hanging out at one of the most beautiful places you can possibly hang out if you're a sports fan. That would be Allianz Field, the brand new soccer stadium just off Snelling and 94. Our partners, and uh, you can hear. Uh, you can hear MLS action, Minnesota United, every single game on Score North and the Score North mobile app. The Brew Hall is open for business, which means Judd is distracted for the next hour and 40 minutes. No, he said, he, he said Robbie. he's getting one before, uh, before we Royce get Royce on. I'm fine with that. Okay. 100%. Yep. In fact, if you want to uh, get two before Royce, we can three. That happen. That's what Robbie tried already. I'm not buying three. Yeah. But um, let's come back. We'll give our Vikings best and worst case scenarios. Write that down today on this Friday at 5 o'clock. Federated Mutual Insurance Company is uh, not only a proud sponsor of Mackie and Jeb with Rami, but also of Minnesota United. We've been looking at uh, some of the, the, just the, the great signage here that uh, Federated Mutual Insurance Company has. But if you're a business owner, listen up for a second. It's not just a policy that you would be getting with Federated. You would be benefiting from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Face-to-face relationships with experts in their area federated knows that insurance is a necessity for a business but they also know that you've got a lot of other things on your mind and a lot of things on your plate on a daily basis you're grinding every day to solve problems take care of employees 
It helps tremendously to have a partner, an insurance company, that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running your business. Federatedinsurance.com to find your federated marketing representative. Federated Insurance. It's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Judd with Rami live from Allianz Field inside the Brew Hall on Score North on 1500. ScoreNorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Some Twins talk coming up next segment, 5 o'clock. We will uh, write things down, review things that we've written down in the past. It's called Write That Down coming up, like I said, at 5 o'clock. Phil, you said you wanted to go through best case yes. and worst case scenarios for the Minnesota Vikings 2019-2020 yes. season. You guys, would, would you like me to start? Yeah. Now, you said All you right. wanted to start with worst case, right? Well, Judd, I, Judd I suggest, suggested that. I right. suggested Judd wants that to might that. be more of the right. reality of the situation. Okay. Well, let's give our – why don't we give our worst case first? Let's get that out of the way. All three of us, like, we'll go boom, 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 and then we'll give our best case. We'll end on a, end on a high note or okay. as high of a note as we think the Vikings can end okay. on, right? <laughs> so my worst case scenario, I don't, I don't think – knock on wood, hold on. There is no wood anywhere. There's no wood anywhere. Well, table, that table over there. Knock on wood for me, listener Dan. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. There we go. I don't think there's a train wreck scenario, but I know that it's the Vikings, and sometimes, like, Randy Moss comes back Injury and gets aside, a coach fired. Obviously, so, right? I don't foresee, like, a 4 and 12 train wreck situation. And if you look historically, the Vikings don't have a lot of, like, they've got, the Vikings train wrecks are like, like I said, Randy Moss comes and makes fun of the. Uh, the Tanucci's food in the locker room and gets Brad Childress <laughs> fired, but they still win like six games or whatever. Um, if you look historically, they don't have a lot of three and four win seasons. The Cleveland Browns are just a trail of three and thirteen and one and fifteen, right? So when I say no train wrecks, I don't think there's a scenario in which they go four and twelve. But I do think there's a scenario in which Kirk Cousins remains the fantasy football quarterback that we've just become accustomed to. That. That guy who puts up 30 touchdowns and 4,000 yards and a 70% completion rate but doesn't actually do it on third down when you need him, doesn't do it on Monday night or Sunday night when you need him, doesn't do it against the Packers or the Rams or the the big teams in the NFC, right? So I think the worst-case scenario is Cousins is still just a fantasy football quarterback. The Vikings defense, because Everson Griffin is just a little too old and Anthony Barr isn't used in the way that you should use him for the money you paid him, that they dip out of the top five and Aaron Rodgers clicks with his new coaching staff. Mitch Trubisky takes a step forward, and you go 7-9. and nine. So I'm going to say 7-9 and nine is the worst-case scenario for the Vikings, and that leaves a big old question mark over Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman's heads at the end of the season. I, I could see 6-10, and 10, and we're splitting hairs when we talk about the difference between 7-9, and nine, but I have them, all things going as I expect them to go, I had them winning 8 or 9 games. I could see 2 or 3 more losses on the schedule if there is no improvement or maybe even a slight step back for Kirk Cousins and the offense if and I know I said we should leave injuries out of this because that's always worst worst case scenario no, that look, nobody look, has any control over look, but Dalvin Cook though that's like, what I was just going to say Dalvin Cook's injury history is is lengthy and frequent enough that I think that's something you have to consider. So if Kirk Cousins isn't any better or maybe worse, if Dalvin Cook remains injury-prone and your defense takes another step back, which I think is one thing a lot of people overlook for last year and just want to point the finger at Kirk Cousins and the offense and say, that's why we didn't win a Super Bowl. We paid him to win a Super Bowl, and we didn't, so it's his fault, and it's that side of the ball's fault. 
But what you were doing when you added Kirk Cousins was signing a what you thought was a good, not franchise quarterback, but adding a good quarterback to what was a championship-caliber defense. If they were that championship-caliber defense last year, we're talking about a different season. Super Bowl? No, nah, probably not. 10 or 12 wins and a, and a Super Bowl contender? Yeah, I think I think that's realistic. So if the defense takes another step back, whether it's because of age or whatever the case might be, I can see this team finishing with, with six, maybe even five wins, Judd. I've been jotting stuff down here. Okay. Hold on a second. All right. So it's just red rum backwards. <laughs> I'll say I'll say yeah. He's writing down the beer list. Worst case tap <laughs> over there. Like the worst case it just falls apart is five wins and the the way that you get there. And I am going to factor in guys getting hurt because there's enough of a precedent with some guys that they do get hurt here. Uh, so I'm not going to pick guys who have been Iron Men, but week two or so, Dalvin Cook's knee goes out. Who replaces him? Like, what are you left with? That's one. Second one, Cousins uh, continues to put up decent stats, but he just remains pretty much Kirk Cousins. And so they changed the offense and. And at times it helps him, but it doesn't a lot. And so the offense basically stays where it was last year, which I think to a lot of people was, and rightfully so, definitely disappointing. And now it gets juicy. Kubiak goes norv. So instead of it being this, like, um, harmonious relationship between Zim and Kubiak, they start to butt heads. Kubiak's got his ideas. Kubiak has been a coach like Norv was, too. So Gary starts to tell Mike, what are you doing here? You shouldn't do this, shouldn't do, do that. And so now they're butting heads constantly, and things aren't going well. And then the last thing on defense is the quarterback position already shorthanded. It's very plausible that one day Xavier Rhodes is going to grab his knee and not get up. Like, he's not going to grab his knee, and we're like, I think he has a torn ACL. Mm. And, and then he comes back in three plays after that. So he grabs his knee, and he really is hurt. And now you're down to, like, Trey Waynes and Alexander, but you don't have depth beat behind them. And it becomes even more difficult to field a uh, nickel package. And so that's four things right there that are definitely worst case and could sink you down to a five- or six-win team. So you've got worst case is like, like five, five, five or six. I think they get to about five wins. Worst case, and, and I said like five or six. six. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, and then and I said I think they're kind of a classic. Like the range of outcomes is sort of thin. Uh, but I so I've got them. At I'm with seven. Phil. I don't think that you can dismiss guys getting hurt who do get hurt. So like if you were to say if you were to say Thielen's going to miss half the year, okay, that's probably a little bit too much. Right. But I think in this uh, with Cook. And with Rhodes, Rhodes goes down once every four games grabbing an appendage. <laughs> At some point in time, he might not get up. And we're all going to be like, he'll be back in three plays. And then we'll find out that he won't be. Right. Before we move on to best case scenario, I want to read this tweet from Al, at Phil Mackey, at Rami is tweeting, at Jay Zulgad. This is a perspective, an angle that I, none of us touched on. He said, worst case scenario is that the Vikings just stay somewhere between 7-9, and 9-7. Nine, nine and seven. That's not good enough to win, but it's also not bad enough to blow everything up, rebuild, draft a quarterback, because you always think mm. you're only one piece away. I disagree. I, don't, I, I disagree, too. You're, anytime you're sitting around 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 and seven in the NFL, you're in a great spot. It's not like other sports. You can find great players late in the first round still. It's not like in the NBA where, well, you better get one of the three oh, top picks. I was going to say, if they don't make the playoffs, I think the detonate button gets hit. If Kirk Cousins does not firmly establish himself as a very good QB, you're not going to say, let's talk extension. So I think that they will have, I'm not saying everybody gets fired for sure, 
But they will if Kirk Cousins is okay again and not and not absolutely outstanding. I think they will draft a quarterback. Yeah. Well, so I'm not concerned about them saying we'll be fine. He, but here's the other angle to this: in the NFL, unlike some of the other sports, where your your record being middle of the road can you handcuff you. Yeah. Well, in, in in the NBA and the NHL, if you're middle of the road record wise, you're legitimately missing out on your opportunity to draft a blue chip player that can change your franchise because you're just not finding as many of those guys later on in the first round. In the NFL, because you can still find franchise quarterbacks later in the first round, in the second round, it's more in the NFL you get handcuffed more by how much you're paying a non-elite quarterback than your record. And so, like the Vikings right now, if you think Kirk Cousins isn't the guy, are more handcuffed by his twenty-seven or whatever million dollars. But it's not a bad contract anymore because he only he, the contract is done after two thousand twenty anyway. The right, ter- the term so doesn't destroy. Yeah, you. it's not like when the Ravens signed Joe Flacco after they now they won a Super Bowl, so it wasn't like they're fine. But when you lock in and now you've got six years left of a bad contract to a non elite quarterback, that's when you're handcuffed in the NFL. Yeah, so I don't I don't think they're handcuffed. But it is if if you're looking to get the next quarterback, which if this season goes badly, as just po- as Judd pointed out, I think. Vikings and Vikings fans alike will be like, okay, who's the next guy? This Kirk Cousins thing obviously isn't working. If it goes really bad in year two, year three is almost a throwaway on some level, if that's how the Vikings approach it. If you want to get the next quarterback, you need a top pick, don't you? I mean, I know not every great quarterback in the league right now is a top five pick, but it certainly improves your odds. That's where franchise quarterbacks go in the top five. That's one scenario where you kind of do want your team to tank. If you need a franchise quarterback, if that's what you're looking for, you got to have a bad season to get that guy. The issue becomes this, and I think I know the answer, but I'm not certain that the Wills do yet. If that plays out that way, and and because of the term of Cousins' contract, it's actually, that's fine. Do you trust, do they trust Rick Spielman to find that quarterback? Because that's, that's been his kryptonite. I mean, if Teddy was it, it's too bad he got hurt. But, Phil, besides that, the mm-hmm. kryptonite has been, Case Keenum was a stroke of great luck. That was a, just luck. Like, you signed him to yeah. be the backup. Bradford got hurt. His, his one big season that yeah, he'll ever they, have. They can't say, but we saw Case. No, you didn't. So, the question becomes... And I think the answer has to be no. But then it is, who do you trust to find that quarterback? Because at this point, Rick's had too many strikes there. Mm-hmm. I don't trust it. Real quick quick question before, again, we, we're going to get to the best case scenario here in a second. But We promise. How many quarterbacks in Teddy's draft went after him and were... Are there any quarterbacks that went after him and were better than him? I have to look. Because part of, part of judging Rick Spielman has to be... We're we're we're, try, we're questioning whether he can identify a great quarterback, right? Right. But I don't think we should question a strategy of calculated gambles on quarterbacks. So in 2011 or 12, the Christian Ponder draft, 2011, I believe that was, they made a calculated gamble at on the fourth quarterback off the board in the first round, early first half of the draft, and there's already three dudes off the board. And they said, well, we're going to stretch, and, and Ponder's the guy we're going to stretch for. And later on, Colin Kaepernick was a Super Bowl quarterback. Colin Kaepernick was in the second round. Um, Andy Dalton, not a guy that I'd hitch my franchise to, but Andy Dalton was far better than Christian Ponder. So you could rip him for the Christian Ponder draft because, A, you stretched, and, B, the guy you stretched for was wrong. Because right. the other two guys you could have stretched for were much better than Christian Ponder. Right. The Teddy Bridgewater thing, I would need to know, if you just made a calculated gamble and you thought he was really good and you were wrong, 
you're only really wrong if like three other guys came off the board or even one other guy after him and you had a choice and you chose wrong. I'll give you an example. Three years ago now, watching the NFL draft and texting with my brother and some of our, our shared friends who are all Bears fans, and when they traded up to get Mitchell Trubisky, first of all, I didn't know a whole lot about Mitchell Trubisky, so I wasn't that excited about giving up all those draft picks to move up to number two yeah. and get the guy anyways. Now, he's a better quarterback already, maybe, than, than what I thought he, he would be or looks like he could be that. But my whole thing going into that draft, I know people won't believe this when I say it, and, the, uh, and that's fine. I'm not saying this for people to believe me. I thought Patrick Mahomes was the best quarterback in that draft. I said, I want the Bears to go and get Patrick Mahomes. And what I was saying at that time was, you didn't even need to trade up to go and get that guy because there was a better guy later on the board, and it's looking like I was right. Now, even if Mitchell Trubisky turns out to be a good NFL quarterback, if he's not Patrick Mahomes, they messed up. They, they took, a, they took a, what you termed a calculated gamble, Phil, in giving up all the draft picks that they got to go up to number two when Patrick Mahomes probably would have fell to them at I think they were seven or eight on the board when that draft started. So that's that's a perfect example of what you're talking about is making a gamble and and it being definitively proven wrong because there's a guy later on the board who went who is clearly better. 2014 draft, uh, the Vikings traded actually back into the first round to take Teddy with the last pick of that round at 32 with I believe Seattle. Uh, the 36th pick in the second round was Derek Carr to to the Oakland. And you know what? I wouldn't, here, I wouldn't but, die on the hill for Derek but Carr. Here, but here's where I would call Spielman out on strikes. The entire resume of quarterbacks. Cousins is a huge miss. If Cousins doesn't hit, it's a huge miss. Well, it's not a miss yet. No, but, it, but my point is, if he doesn't hit in 2019, that's it. Because you, you went and watched every one of his snaps on tape. And, and we saw that same guy last year. And I'm sorry... But as far as trying to find a quarterback, there's enough holes in that game where I think a lot of us would have said, I see what you want. Yeah. And, and, and I get what the Vikings were trying to do. And if Cousins was his first miss there, I might be like, that's too bad. But just as far as having the cachet to be like, but I did find so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, Rick doesn't really have that. And see, I actually think I think it's, it's, it's less of a, a black-and-white game of, are you right? Are you wrong? Is it's it's more of a sliding scale, but because of the world we live in and how fans react, and it tends to be you either can or you can't identify right. a quarterback. You either right or you're wrong. And the Vikings' decision on Cousins, it wasn't is he Tom Brady or not. It was all right based on our current circumstance and our belief that Case Keenum was lightning in a bottle and we can't replicate it. What's the most sure thing we can add to this roster at quarterback that's going to ride this wave for the three-year window and not sure. screw it up too badly? Sure. And how much is that going to cost? And they decided it's worth paying almost $30 million for something that we can quantify. Like, we know what Kirk Cousins is going to be and think that we can get something extra out of him. To this point, they haven't. Right. And they, if they, they do, they it totally changes. Yep. But, but the, the speed- other choice would have been, is there something for, like, you know, is there a first-round pick that can immediately step in when they had to make that choice? Or is there a guy for a lot less than 27 to $30 million that can give you the same production as Kirk Cousins and then allow you to fill out the rest of your roster? But right now, as the Vikings start training camp with where things stand, if Rick was to get gas today, the book is called From Ponder to Cousins. 
Like you I, never. I would read that book. Like you never. You never fill. But but that unf- sounds like a lifetime movie. But it's true, right? But I mean, it's from Ponder to Cousins. You because because Christian was the guy when Rick officially got full control that he told Les, "We're drafting this guy. This guy is going to solve our problems." Yeah. And he was a massive bust. It was a terrible bust. And so, unless in 2019. It's done right, which is why I, th- I think if things don't go well this time, I think everybody is probably gone because you could base your decision on firing the entire staff by saying we need to fire or hire, I'm sorry, an offensive first guy who we trust can do what Phil just said, which is find that quarterback. Score North download. Declan Goff filling in for Jonathan Harrison. MLB trade deadline is just five days away, and will the Twins be buyers? Do they dare make a trade with the New York Mets for Noah Syndergaard? According to Lavelli Neal of the Star Tribune, there have been talks, but it would potentially cost both Royce Lewis and Alex Kirloff, who are top 30 prospects in Major League Baseball. Maybe it's more realistic to get a Ken Giles, Kirby Yates, or a Marcus Stroman. Anything to help out the pitching. Check out scorenorth.com for the latest Twins coverage from Judd Zolgad, Jake DePew, and Derek Wetmore. You can also check out the Score North First Place Twins show wherever you find your podcast. Twins and White Sox tonight for Game 2 of their series. Michael Pineda is on the hill for the Twins. Minnesota has just a two-game lead on the Cleveland Indians in the AL Central. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North. Thank you, Declan. We're hanging out at Allianz Field, the Brew Hall, right now. And uh, speaking of Twins rumors, there's been another name or two thrown into the mix today that we'll get to in the next hour. Oh? After write that down. All right. Yeah, just a little, couple little reports floating out there okay. today. A couple, couple little names that we'll get to. But we uh, went on a tangent there about Rick Spielman's ability or inability to find a franchise quarterback, and it... it it uh, pushed back our Vikings best-case scenario <laughs> prediction. So let's start with Judd. Our, our, our worst-case scenarios, just record-wise, uh, where Judd thinks five or six, you think five or six, Rami, mm-hmm. and I said seven and nine is their worst-case scenario. Right. Barring a bunch of you know, unforeseen injuries. So best-case scenario, record, like how far would, will they go, and like any sort of uh, description and scenario you want to put on top of it. Okay. Best case scenario uh, with that schedule, I would say, is probably twelve and four, which is a great year. Um, best case offensively, is it all clicks? Mm-hmm. Cousins gets his OC Kubiak's offense works perfectly. I, I guess almost as importantly, the uh, the scheme benefits the offensive line, which goes from being a liability to probably not being outstanding, but being very serviceable and very good. Dalvin Cook stays healthy entire season, doesn't go out. Diggs and Thielen are fantastic. They, they use a bunch of uh, two wideouts, two tight end sets. Cousins' decision-making improves quite a bit. They roll him out more, which he actually is not bad at doing. Defense remains among a top, the top five in the National Football League. Xavier Rhodes doesn't grab an appendage once all season long and plays in every wow, game. That's asking a lot. Uh, Trey Waynes picks off four or five passes. So, oh, a bar is used um, as a rusher more. Let's say he has four or five sacks, which for his position would be outstanding. So, basically, I guess the one thing that I'm saying that is hard to believe until we see it is offensively it really clicks and Cousins and Cousins benefits and not only goes back to being the guy that he was in his best season at Washington, but even better than that. You want me to take him through the playoffs? Uh, 
as as someone who's watched this team since 1978, it's very hard for me to put them in the, in a Super Bowl until yeah. I actually see it. I know. But you know, let's say 12 wins, NFC title game, and then potentially pick your heartbreak. Dan and then, and, Daly yeah. misses a field goal or something. But anyway, <laughs> that would never happen. But anyway, well, we'll get to that in a second too. 12 win, 12 wins, and offensively things click like they didn't come close to in 2018. Rami. Yeah, I would I would add to that. Everything Judd said on the offensive side of the football, the Gary Kubiak hire works, the offensive line is fixed and at least adequate. Kirk Cousins takes a step, Dalvin Cook stays healthy. That's I think Dalvin Cook is really the the key in that offense taking a big step forward and being dynamic and being an, an offense that can throw big points on any given week. is Del- If Delvin Cook can stay healthy, I think that can change things dramatically because Kirk Cousins, I don't think you're going to get a lot better than what you got from Kirk Cousins last year. That was about what you should expect, maybe better in clutch situations, maybe a little bit better accuracy on, on third down is what you're looking for from Kirk Cousins. But in terms of the bulk of the play, you're not going to get a lot better from that guy. I know the price tag in a lot of people's minds says that maybe you should, but you're, it's just not going to happen. That is who that guy is. There isn't a big step forward or a lot of room between where Kirk Cousins is and his ceiling. So Dalvin Cook is the key to that offense changing dramatically and being something dynamic. And I'll go back to what I said when we talked about worst-case scenarios. The reason the Viking season, the primary reason the Viking season went and ended the way that it did last year was the step back that that defense took. If that defense gets back to 2017 levels, last year's Kirk Cousins might be enough for this team to yeah. make a deep playoff run. I got best case scenario if all those things happen, 11, 12 wins and a potentially deep playoff run. There's no limit to where this thing could end if all those things I just talked about all happen to come true. So you're so you're saying a Super Bowl championship? Super Bowl is not crazy if all those things happen. So, all right, I'm I'm 11 and five in NFC Championship game. That's that's my peak for a lot of the reasons. This is where it's funny because you could make every logical case that Rami just made about this year's team, a team that had the best defense in the NFL two years ago. But then, I always pull it back to Vikings history. <laughs> That every time the stars have aligned, whenever they've had the best defense in the NFL, whenever they've had the best offense in the NFL, whenever they've had Hall of Famers up and down, they always, the journey always ends in heartbreaking fashion. And so it, for me, it's I need to see it before I can truly let it be part of my own brain's reality. But I would say Kirk Cousins isn't just going to magically turn into, he's not going to just like adopt the clutch gene overnight. So you're, you're, gonna, you're, paying, you're paying for a guy who puts up fantasy numbers but needs help getting to that next level. And that help is the defense to me. Um, but again, how many times in NFL history does a defense reach number one, start to come back off of that, and then like immediately go back to number one? If you look at even some of the greatest defenses ever, the 1985 Bears defense, you look like three years later and that defense was 20th in the NFL. Right. It's, it's too hard to keep 11 guys together and a system together and the ages have to peak all at the same time. I think the Vikings have a top 10 defense. I think it's going to be really hard to say that that's a better defense than Chicago or the number one defense in the NFL again. The defense should carry the team still, but will it carry the team enough to deliver them to the Super Bowl? And I'm still skeptical of that. So I'm going to say 11 and 5 is their best case scenario. Maybe 12 and 4, but I'll say 11 and 5. And they get hot a couple times in the playoffs. Maybe they get a home playoff game. 
and they go back to the NFC Championship game. And then from there, may the football gods exactly. take it wherever yeah. they want to. Have you guys seen uh, the latest to come out of Vikings camp on Twitter in the last few minutes? It's, um, it's yes, it's outstanding. This is from Chad Graff. Interesting end to the first full Vikings training camp practice. Dan Bailey missed a 47-yard field goal in the situational drill with time expiring. His third miss on seven tries and an upset Mike Zimmer apparently made the whole team run as a result. That was what Collar was referring to in the text he sent me, but the one thing that I didn't know and that he didn't refer to was the fact he had missed three times on seven tries. But this is not a good start. This is why Mike needs to be removed from the field <laughs> as we're going through these drills. I, I, Honest to God. I just don't know. Like, let's, let's take a step back here if you're Mike Zimmer. What's your objective here? Why are you trying to turn the actual football players against, against the, kicker the kicker on the right. first day yeah. of practice. It makes exactly. perfect sense because he hates the kickers. <laughs> but I've I, been telling you that for how long? He hates kickers. When, when I said earlier in the show, let's create adverse situations that the kicker needs to overcome so that kicking in pressure is easier. His boss I hates him. I don't know if turning the you whole team against the 90 kicker. guys hate him? <laughs> you know, that's not what you meant by that? Here's no. what I think. Phil, you, you should uh, start to come in on weekends with the part-timers on the board yep, and just sit there and rail on them. Just, what are you doing that for? Why are you doing it? Mr. Mackey, why are you here? Because. Yeah, I, I take it back. I don't want him here. <laughs> Declan, run. Just yeah, there's screaming at me at 8 in the morning. I'm sure it'll be great. There's dead air for five seconds. The whole Score North staff has to run around the building because of Declan. Collar, Rami, Judd, Sprints. <laughs> no. He's pulling oh. a Tom Thibodeau on the side like, run, run, yeah. Declan. Yeah. But yeah. that really Pot is. it down. Pot it down. That's the worst thing you could do if you're trying to, like, get a guy to settle down and, and not feel the pressure. Like, you just get, you just made the whole locker room hate him. There's, like, 90 guys in Vikings camp right now who already don't respect you because you, you're a kicker and they don't what, consider you a football player. You guys are asking now the question that we know the answer. You. Yeah, and you know who's happy about that? Mike Zimmer. Mike, if you could, if you went to Mike tomorrow and said one thing, done, gone from football, you name it, it's kickers. Was the this just inspired a write that down prediction for me? Oh wait, <laughs> I've got one before this tweet. Oh, I've got one as well. The tweet. Oh right. yeah, okay. no, yeah, no. Uh, after I got the text from Collar, I decided to write that down. All right, Dan Bailey has gone from the second most accurate field goal kicker in the NFL's history. To the couch of a therapist. Right. (laughs) Dan, tell me when your trouble started. Well, I signed in Minnesota. So they've gone, common denominator, pretty obvious. Blair Walsh sets a record by going 10 for 10 from 50 yards or more in his rookie year. And he's jobless in his prime now because the Vikings ruined him. Was it Daniel Carlson, the name of the dude yeah, that they drafted in the fifth now. round? Yeah. And Daniel Carlson. He was ruined before he got him. They him in week two yes. after they drafted him in the fifth round. He missed three times against just, the Packers and then and then went to the Raiders. It's pretty good. A dysfunctional team completely and was good. You know what? I take back what I said before that Matt Nagy might be worse at handling kickers than Mike Zimmer. No, it's Mike Zimmer takes the cake. Yeah. Well, both of them are awful. Absolutely takes the cake. Mike Zimmer doesn't have a whole lot of uh, a filter. All right, well, we will make predictions when we come back. Write that down is one of our favorite segments of the week, and uh, we, we generally just make fun of each other for bad predictions this season anyways. Mm. And see if Rami can stay ahead of Manny in the battle to stay ahead of the Mendoza line. I don't think it was a good week for me. It well, wasn't we will, for me. We'll unveil the accountability session when we come back. We're hanging out at the Brew Hall.